up our uh, work series finally here. And uh, we're on uh, finally the rest part. We've talked a lot about work, <coughs> but after a good day's work, you want to rest, and, uh, and that's a good thing, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, a little bit about busyness and uh, uh, running to and fro and how crazy work can be and why we need rest. A uh, conference speaker uh, who did a weekend conference, before he started the conference, spent a bit of time uh, asking everybody to write down how they were doing, how they were feeling, and to return these little slips. And here's just some of the things that came back. I feel I'm out of control sometimes with so many pressures. I feel like I'm torn in all directions. I want God to show me how to manage my different hats of teacher, mother, wife, and daughter successfully and still have time for church work and me. I feel a, a need to slow myself down and renew myself, but life gets real hectic. Or I often get busy and find my day gone without having done the things I wanted to do. Or I want to slow down. I feel as if I'm speeding, uh, as if I'm on a speeding treadmill. And then my busyness has robbed me of my joy. And I probably guessed that if I asked you to write down how you were doing and feeling, that some of you would write something similar. That life has been way too hectic, that I just want some time to just to sit and be quiet and not do anything, that I need a rest, that I need a break. And, and we're kind of living in a pretty fast-paced society. I mean, I think the talk was 20 years ago, as you probably know that, you know, when all this technology comes in, we're going to have all this free time and... You know, it's just a dream because it never happened, but now we got like 24-7 ringers and dingers and emails and Facebook and tweets and Boxer now I'm on and all these things. That, I mean, it can be very busy when you think about work and your responsibilities at home and then there's church and then there's family and there's, I mean, life can be busy and work can be very busy and we are working more than ever as a society, and here's some statistics, and these are out of the States, but Canada doesn't have a lot of statistics anyways. 86% uh, of U.S. men and 67% of women work more than 40 hours a week, and American families work an average of 11 hours more per week in 2006 than they did in 1979, and so just working more. In 1960, only 20% of mothers worked. Today, 70% of American children live in households where all adults are employed. Americans work 137 more hours annually than Japanese workers, 260 more hours per year than British workers, and 499 more hours per year than French workers. I think we should move there. I was kind of thinking that, hey? <laughs> Good wine and lots of time off. <laughs> what the place is doing, right? Now, you might just say, well, these are just U.S. statistics. In Canada, we're a little more chill, and it may be, but not necessarily so. Uh, just a few weeks ago in the Financial Post, there was an article called Naycation, Why Canadians Are Leaving Vacation Days on the Table, and uh, 34 million paid vacation days were not taken last year in Canada. 34 million paid vacation days, people said, I can't take it because I'm, I'm too busy. There's too much to do at work. I can't slow down. I can't take a day off, even though it's paid. I mean, there's 34 million people in Canada. That's like a day for every single person. I mean, that's a lot. 
In the U.S., because there's more people, it's 500 million paid vacation days not taken. And so as a society, things are just getting busy, not just at work, but, but at home. And, you know, just with technology, and I mean, it hasn't slowed things down. Things are getting very busy, and the effects are devastating. Start reading the effects on health and marriages and family and children and, and just being able to love people. Busyness really is robbing people of, of their joy and their life, and, it, and it's very difficult. I mean, people who work more than 50 hours a week are three times more likely to be alcoholics, way more likely to have anxiety and depression, and way more likely just to have health, bad health. I mean, it's killing us. And so what does the Bible have to say about all of this? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, one of our texts here is Genesis 2. It says, The heavens and the earth were completed with everything that was in them. By the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing, and he ceased on the seventh day all the work that he had been doing. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he ceased all the work that he had been doing in creation. And so we see that God worked six days and then took one day of rest. And this really becomes the model for, for man. Uh, that work is not necessarily a bad thing. And, and we might look at a little statistics and say, well, work is the evil thing. And we've talked about that. That work is not a necessary evil. That work is actually a good thing. God designed us to work. And we're to work hard. And we're to put our heart into our work. But we're also designed for rest. As much as we were designed for work, we were designed for rest. And that we should never feel guilty for taking a day off because God actually wired that into us. I mean, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for us because we need a break sometimes. You might say, well, I don't feel like I need a day off. Well, I tell you, God didn't need a day off either. But he did. He rested. Okay? And so our nature, as we're created in the image of God, we're people who need to work and we're people who need to rest. And we shouldn't feel guilty about working and we shouldn't feel guilty about taking some time off. And from this, I want to do three points today. One is that busyness is not necessarily a bad thing. That busyness can be a bad thing, and then the solution, okay? First of all, busyness is not necessarily a bad thing. And some people think it is. It's like busyness is sin. You should never be just overwhelmed and busy. If that were true, then Jesus sinned. You just read through the Gospels. There are some times where Jesus seemed really busy. Uh, one of those texts is Mark chapter 6. It says, Jesus said to them, Come with me privately to an isolated place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and there was no time to eat. So super busy Jesus is. They don't even have time to eat. They're like, we need to get away and take a break. We need to get away and take a break. They'd also just heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. So they're not only busy, but they have this huge emotional weight that their good friend was just killed. Good time for a break. Good time for a rest. They're already feeling a bit busy because people are coming and going. But it just only begins. So they went away by themselves in a boat to some remote place. But many saw them leaving and recognized them. And they hurried on foot from all the towns and arrived there ahead of them. As Jesus came ashore, he saw the large crowd, and he had compassion on them. 
Even though he's been feeling busy, he doesn't say, I need a break, sorry, just please leave, I'm going to go hide in a cave. He loves people. He still has compassion on these people and makes time for them even though he, he, they're busy because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he taught them many things. When it was already late, so busy day, tries to get away, people come, he heals and teaches them. Now it's very late in the day. It's been a long, long day. His disciples came to him and said, this is an isolated place and it is already now it's very late. Send them away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy something for themselves to eat. And Jesus could have said, that's a great idea. I need a break. It's been super busy. Get out of here. But that's not what he does. This is when he does the, the miracle of feeding all of these people. And, 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 and finally, he, he gets a break. But Jesus, this is busy. This is busy. We see other texts where Jesus is busy. Being busy is not necessarily a sin. We see Paul at times was busy. Uh, I mean, one verse that brings that out is 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxious concern for all the churches. He's planted all these churches. He's got a lot of work going on. And he's, and he's just finished talking about all the things he's gone through. And then he says, and then there's this concern I have for all the churches. It's kind of daily on his heart. He's always thinking about it. His mind is never free from the concern of all the churches and all the work. And this is the guy who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The guy who said, be anxious for nothing. And, and there were times when he was busy. I mean, if we want to live this verse out, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ, that sometimes just the people around you need more help during certain times. Sometimes there's a tragedy in the family or, or things are going wrong with your friend or there's someone in church who needs help and, it, and you've had a busy week and, and it's going to make it maybe a little bit more busy. Being busy isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the Bible says that we're to work hard as like we're working for Jesus. And so sometimes work is going to go busy. And because of the fall, sometimes things are going to go wrong, things are going to explode at work, things are going to get out of control, and it will be busy. And it's important just to realize this. Because some people feel overwhelmed and they're freaking about, out how busy life is because they somehow have in their mind that life is never supposed to be busy. And because they think life is never supposed to be busy, as soon as it gets busy, they get all anxious and they start freaking out. Let me tell you, Sometimes life is going to be busy. Sometimes it's going to be busy. And when you realize that sometimes life is going to be busy, it's a lot easier to manage that than if you think that I just need to be on vacation for my whole life and I should never have anything to do and it should never be busy. And then you're just going to freak out all the time. Sometimes life is busy. And if you never experience busyness, then I would say you need to get to work. You need to start doing something, okay? I mean, Jesus laid out the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Baptize people. Teach people. I mean, there are so many people here that need to be loved and need to know Jesus. And there's, there's I mean, there's so much going on. If you just sit around twiddling your thumbs and feel like you're never busy, there's a problem. And you need to get busy for Jesus, okay? So first point is, don't be overly concerned if you have a busy week. 
mean, I've had a, last two weeks have been very, very busy. And I know, like, sometimes there's really busy periods in my life, and sometimes they're less busy. And if you know that, to get through a busy week makes it easier, okay? So busyness is not necessarily a bad thing. But my second point is that it can be. Busyness can be a sin. And if you're constantly feeling busy, that you're never, never able to take a break, if you never feel you can relax, then there's probably an issue of sin in your life. That busyness is often is the symptom of a sickness in your life. And it usually has to do with, with idolatry. And idolatry is basically whenever we worship anything other than Jesus, or as I like to put it, it's whenever we allow something to lead us other than Jesus. So if we allow anything else to lead our life other than Jesus, that is an idol. And it can be simple things like, I mean, let's say you have a real juicy piece of gossip about somebody. And it's just, just juicy and just watering. It's just, it just needs to be put out there, right? Because it's so amazing. And you're about to tell your friends or some people, and, and Jesus whispers in your ear, don't do that. I've forgiven all of your sin. I have washed it away. I have had mercy and love on you. Be merciful. Bury that. Don't share that. But you're like, this is so good. This will make me look so amazing in front of my friends. I'll be in the know. I'll, I'll feel more powerful because I get to put these people down, and I don't like them anyways. And all of a sudden, you have a choice. You share the juicy gossip, it becomes an idol. Something is, maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's that power of control, or you want to push that. It's an idol because you are allowing something else than Jesus to lead. You are listening to another voice other than Jesus. Or money can be an idol. I mean, uh, let's say you have this big business deal going on, and you realize that if you just lie about this a little bit, you can make more money. And so you're about to lie to this person about this deal, but then Jesus says, hey, you know, uh, I loved you. You're supposed to love people. That means to tell them the truth. So you're faced with this choice. Do I listen to Jesus as my leader, or do I listen to money as my leader? And if you lie about that, you've just obeyed money more than Jesus, and therefore money becomes an idol. And this is what happens in life, that we're constantly battling these idols, these other things that we're listening to other than Jesus. And often, you know, they're good things. A lot of the good gifts that God gives us can become idols. Like food is good. We all love good food. But when it becomes an idol, it's called gluttony. When you start listening to food more than Jesus. Uh, money is a good thing. Possessions are good gifts from God, but when they begin to control our life and we begin to listen to money and possessions more than the voice of Jesus, it becomes an idol. I mean, even the Bible talks about alcohol being a good gift, but it gets perverted into alcoholism and therefore it becomes an idol. And work, as we're talking about today, work is a good thing. We were designed to work, we were made to work, but it, when it becomes an idol, uh, causes us to be just overly busy. When Jesus is saying, take a break, when Jesus is saying, you just need time to just pray and, and draw into my presence, you're like, no, I got too many things to do. That's an idol. Because you're listening to work more than Jesus. And so when you are feeling overly busy, you're just hectic, I mean, it's often a sign of it becoming an idol. And earlier, uh, early on in the Bible, work became an idol. We see this in Genesis 11. It says, when the people moved eastward, 
they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick instead of stone and tar instead of mortar. They said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower. Nothing wrong with that. It's good to build cities. It's good to build towers. It's a good thing. God designed us to work. But this became an idol. For it says, with its top into the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Pride. We want to make ourselves famous. This is all about us. This is not about God. This is not about his glory. This is not about loving people. This is about we want to become famous. And it's pride. Work became an idol. And this is what's happening all around us. It's work is becoming an idol. People are listening more to their job and the voice of their career than the voice of Jesus. And usually, these idols, when it comes to work or even life in general, because we're just talking about general business as well, comes in a few forms. And one is possessions. That is, we want more stuff. We love stuff. We like things. We like shopping, right? We like the newest gadgets. But when that becomes a greater leader in our life than Jesus, all of a sudden we're going to find ourselves overly busy because stuff, it costs money, right? That means if I need more stuff, I need more money, that means I've got to work more. I've got to get all the overtime I can. I've got to work as much as possible. I, gotta, I can't take a day off because I need more money because really my leader is possessions. When the Bible says your conduct must be free, from the love of money. And you must be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. Now again, we're to work hard. It's good to have a good salary. It's good to work hard for your boss. We talked about all of that kind of stuff. But if money controls you and possessions control you, it's an idol. And maybe some of you are just overly busy. You can't slow down because really you're listening to possessions and not Jesus. Another P, these are all P's here, is proving myself. Now, some people overwork and are just always busy because they're just trying to prove themselves. Maybe to a parent, maybe to a friend, maybe to their spouse. They're just trying to, to, to show them that they really have made it and they're really something. And they're just proving themselves through uh, working like crazy or perfectionism. People who need everything perfect. And if you need everything in your life perfect, you're going to be way too busy. You realize that you're not great at everything, right? God has given you certain gifts. He has shaped you in certain ways. And it's good to be near perfect when it comes to your gift. You try hard, but you're not going to be perfect at everything. And if you try to be perfect in areas that you're not so good at, you're just going to find yourself really busy. In fact, there's a new term that uh, psychologists are using called leisure sickness, okay? And this is an article from The Guardian, and it says this. Professor Ad Wingerholitz from the Department of Psychology and Health at Tilburg University in the Netherlands started researching the concept of leisure sickness, and, and this is what leisure sickness is. It's when you take a day off, you get sick. When you're at work, you feel great. You take a day off, you actually start to feel physically sick. And he said, after becoming aware that he suffered from it himself, I noticed that I was never ill except occasionally, and then the problem started on Friday at 5 p.m. 
And by Monday morning, I had recovered, he says, when he goes back to work. He feels better. The period between Christmas and New Year's seemed to be my favorite time to get ill. He asked around and found that other people had similar experiences. After conducting his survey of more than 1,800 people, he estimated that around 3% of people suffer from leisure sickness. Mirhowitz found that many of those who experienced it shared similar personality traits. They were perfectionists in their work, preoccupied with achievement, and took their professional responsibilities very seriously, making it harder to leave it behind. These people actually get sick from taking a day off. It's because they just, they just, just want to work, and, and work has become an idol for them. Another one is pity. Uh, some people just love to be busy all the time because they just like the pity. Oh, I feel so bad for you. You're so busy, you know. I've had the busiest month. I've been working. I haven't had a day off. And I'm going crazy. And they just always are always talking about how busy they are because what they really want is people to go, oh, you know, I feel bad for you. You know, it's, it's too bad. And they just kind of live off, off this pity or maybe persist, uh, position or prestige. If I want that dream job, if I want to get, you know, CEO, if I want to make it, i got to work all the time. Because their idol is a position and not Jesus. And lastly, and this is probably a big one, is people-pleasing. So a lot of people, I know myself in this category, I get really busy because I love making people happy. I do. I love it when people say, that was so nice of you, Jesse. That's so great you took that time. I love that. I kind of live off that, right? So... I have a really hard time saying no, as if you're a people pleaser, you know that. You say yes to pretty much everything, and it makes you busy. But you know, that's an idol. You're always saying yes to every single request, even if it seems like a ministry opportunity, it's an idol. Because here's the thing. If you feel overwhelmed all the time, filled with that, you're just, you're just always busy, there's something wrong. Because Jesus does not lead you to a place where you're always overwhelmed. Therefore, something else is leading you. If you find yourself way too busy, there's an idol somewhere in your life, and you've got to find it and kill it, okay? Even Jesus, even though he did so many things for people, didn't always say yes. This one time it says, rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. People need to be healed and prayed for. There's people who have demons. Jesus, people need you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I might preach there also. All these people were asking for Jesus, and Jesus says, nope, I'm going over there. I'm going to the next town. You know why he could do this? He had just spent time in prayer saying, Father, what do you want me to do? And he realized that what my father wants is me to go to the next town. You need to be discerning. Some of you need to learn how to use the word no, right? You can say that. N no, okay? No. Uh, just, just say it. I mean, you get some practice and then use it now and then, right? But you use it as God leads. So out of these things, I mean, what are the ones you struggle with? Are you like a, I just need more stuff so I work too much? Are you, I, I've just got to prove myself to somebody, you're a perfectionist, you're just living for that pity and people feeling sorry for you. Is it a position? Is it people-pleasing? What is it? And sometimes it's hard to discern. 
Like, for me, uh, people-pleasing and a perfectionist. I like to do things well, and but mostly people-pleasing is why I sometimes get overly busy. But it's hard to figure out because it's like, well, I'm actually, I'm loving the people. That's why I'm doing all these things for everybody because I just want to love them. I mean, sometimes it's hard. To, is it actually loving a person or is it because I want to look good? Did I say yes to that because I'm actually caring for that person or because I want to be the hero? Like, sometimes it's hard to discern with possessions. Well, I, I need to make money for my family. I need to, you know, my kids need something to sleep on, right? They need some possessions. But is it, is it loving your family or is it out of control where it's actually an idol? It can be hard to discern sometimes what is actually making you too busy. And so you may need to spend some time thinking through this. But when things come your way, here's a couple of questions you can ask to help you discern. Number one is, am I trying to do good or trying to make myself look good? Because a lot of times we just do stuff because it's going to make me look good. I'm going to do more stuff than I'm able to do. I'm going to do that even though I'm totally not gifted at it. But if I do it well, maybe I'll look good or whatever it might be. You just want to look good. You just want people to say, I'm so glad you helped me. And really it's more about you than about listening to God or loving that people. And if you're just doing everything, sometimes you're stealing opportunities for other people to step in. And the bigger question is, what is Jesus saying? And this leads us to a solution. Okay, one point plan to fix all of our busyness, or at least overly busy, some busyness is good, is Jesus, okay? Easy to remember, Jesus, okay? He is our model. At times, Jesus was extremely busy, but you also notice that Jesus never seemed to be in a rush. He had times where he went away and prayed. He had travel time with his disciples. Super busy sometimes, but he rested well, and this is our model. We're, we're called Jesus followers. We're to follow that model, right? To follow him. And we see Jesus going up and praying, asking the Father what, what his schedule is for him. One time Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. Why did he leave that town and go to the next town? He was praying. He felt led by God to say no to that and say yes to these people. You ever pray about your schedule? It's totally okay when someone asks you to do something big to say, you know, I'm going to pray about that. Totally okay. That's what Jesus, I think, would do. Following Jesus, right? He is our leader, and therefore we want to keep looking to him uh, to lead us. Matthew 6 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Those things that you really need, those, the, those things that you're so hectic about, Jesus says, hey, just seek me first. Come, come see me, and I'll work those details out. Come rest in me. The solution to being overly busy is making time for Jesus. You might say, well, I don't have any time to do devotions. I don't have any time for Jesus. That's why you're overly busy. Because you're not allowing him to lead, you're leading, and you don't know what to say yes to and no to because you're running your life. And you know what? As we talked before, we don't make very good leaders of our lives. I don't know everything. You don't know everything. Jesus knows everything. He's all-powerful. We're not. He's all-loving. We're not. Jesus is, like, obviously the best leader. 
You got to check in with them. It's a good thing when, in the morning to just spend some time in prayer, reading your Bible, listening to his voice, uh, discerning things. And if you say you don't have time for that, then you're just going to continue being busy. When you look to him, all of a sudden you just become more discerning, you become more like Jesus. When Jesus says, you need to take a day off, and you're like, yeah, I need to take a day off, and you do it, okay? Similarly, when it comes to Jesus, we need to learn to just rest in him, to learn to rest in him. Matthew 11 says, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. That's like most people are in society, right? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my load is not hard to carry. So he's talking about rest for our souls. That when we trust Jesus to be our Lord and leader, he gives rest to our souls, because all of a sudden, all of our striving to become right with God, we're right, because Jesus forgave all of our sins. We don't have to struggle to make myself feel accepted by people in society because I'm totally accepted by Jesus. I no longer need to strive to prove myself to others that I'm valuable and I'm amazing because you're already absolutely approved by God. And we just rest in him. And when your soul is at rest, all of the rest of life, even in sometimes busy periods, just becomes restful. And the Bible says the heart is the wellspring of life. Everything flows through the heart. And when you are at rest in Jesus, man, everything just becomes more restful, even in the hecticness of life. And so we just learn to rest in Jesus. You know what Jesus did when he went up to heaven? It says he sat down at the right hand of God. He's chilling out. He's your leader. He wants you to chill out sometimes too, right? Luke 12 says, which of you by worrying can add an hour to his life? So if you can't do such a very little thing as this, why do you worry about the rest? Rest in Jesus. Stop freaking out. A lot of people are really busy, not because they're necessarily doing busy stuff with their hands. They're busy up here. Busy thinking about this and this and that thing and this problem and this situation. And they're not really doing much, but they're just, they're just so busy and overwhelmed because their mind is just filled with all kinds of stuff. And Jesus says, relax. You can't add an hour to your life. You can't solve the big world's problems. I mean, you're not all powerful. But you know who is? Jesus. Jesus is all powerful. So when you rest in Jesus, you realize that Jesus is in control. He's absolutely in control. All of that stuff you're worrying about, Jesus is in control. He's all powerful. But that's not enough. You also need to know he's loving. He loves you 100% fully. He is love. He is power. He can handle it. The Bible says he knows what you need even before you ask. He knows what's coming down the pipe tomorrow. And sometimes you just need to chill out in Jesus and say, you know what? I'm just going to rest. I'm going to leave these problems at your feet. As the Bible says, you cast all your burdens on him. And we just le learn to give that all to your leader and yeah, you still life, take life seriously. Yeah, you still try to do your best. You, you have ambition, but learn to rest in him. Like what James says. He says, come now, all you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll 
go into this or that town and spend a year there or do business and make a profit. You do not know about tomorrow. What is your life? For you are a puff of smoke that appears for a short time and then vanishes. You ought to say instead, if the Lord is willing, then we will live and do this or that. I mean, ultimately, God is in control of all of this. He loves you. He loves you. You know, little babies aren't freaking out all the time about bills and not freaking out all the time about, you know, what's for dinner because dad's going to take care of it, mom's going to take care of it. Man, we're still little kids in God. I mean, you might be freaking out about bills and payments and work and all these things that are going to happen tomorrow or a week down the road. It's like, dad's got it under control. He really does. Relax in Jesus. Take a breath. Cast your anxiety on him. Trust him. And then one more verse. And I like this one. If the Lord does not build a house, then the, those who build it work in vain. If the Lord does not guard a city, then the watchman stands guard in vain. It is vain for you to rise early, come home late, and work so hard for your food. Yes, he can provide for those whom he loves even when they sleep. In other words, you don't have to burn the candle at both ends. You really don't. Just keep giving things to God. God can provide for you even when you're sleeping as much as he can provide for you when you're awake. And take time for Jesus. Okay? I guess the, the one-point plan is Jesus. If you don't spend time in prayer and just reading the Bible, listening to Jesus, you need to start. And if you don't know how to start, it's better to start with five minutes than trying to do like an hour. Okay, Five minutes is better than none. And then maybe you want to do 10 or 15 or whatever. You, but the first thing we do, just as you show up for work, is, boss, what do you want today? We wake up in the morning and say, boss, what do you want today? I had this request. I had this thing and this thing coming down the pipe. God, what do you want me to do? Because there's so many opportunities, so many ringers and dingers, and they're not going to stop. It's just going to get more. Life is going to get more busy. And you don't want to just waste your whole life being overwhelmed and full of anxiety and freaking out. God will not run you ragged. And if you're allowing him to lead, you're not going to be ragged. Sometimes you're going to be really busy. Sometimes you might have a few weeks where you're almost run ragged and you feel overwhelmed, but he's just not going to continue. He's going to say, now you can take a break. Now you can slow down. Good? All right. Let's, uh, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you invite us to rest. We thank you that you've washed away our sins. And we can rest when it comes to our mistakes. We thank you that you've accepted us. That we can rest from trying to win people's approval. From trying to show off. From trying to make ourselves something we're not. Because we're everything to you. God, we thank you for the gift of work. God, we, we thank you that we can work hard. And, and as the Bible says, we can work at our jobs as if we're working for you. But God, I pray you'd remind us that we need rest. That we're also designed for rest. I pray, God, you would teach us about rest. You'd teach us, God, about slowing down. And most of all, we ask, God, that you would help us to look to you as our leader. That our pride, that our possessions, that our people-pleasing desires would not lead us, but you would lead us. God, we need help in that. 
God, I pray for those in this room who feel overwhelmed and feel that they're on a treadmill that's not slowing down. I pray you might speak to them. God, you might reveal to them maybe what their idols are, the things that they're running after instead of running after you. God, I also ask for those people in this room who are never busy. God, you'd make them busy. God, that you would reveal your plan and just your purpose to them because, God, you have a destiny and a purpose for each one of us. And I pray, God, you'd move us under your will. And God, as we go from here, we pray for your help. We pray for your blessing. We pray for your empowerment. God, we're so thrilled that we can follow you, that you are our leader. And we pray blessing over us. In Jesus' name, amen.